Hey, how's everyone doing? I uh, want to introduce um, Christian Rodriguez, who is joining myself and James Myers on our Wannabe Ballers podcast on a series that we're starting calling Too, um, pretty much where we talk about, is it too much too soon? Where we explore essentially youth soccer development into pro soccer development and the journey and understanding the journey and understanding what is it really to make it. So uh, without further ado, I want to introduce uh, Christian Rodriguez, who is a former uh, DC United Youth Academy player, uh, also uh, used to be at SG Grown Against Academy and currently at Atletico Merita. Did I say that right, Christian? Yeah, Marte, yeah, yeah. Great, great, great. So uh yeah, we, we welcome you, James and myself. So so welcome to uh wanna be ballers. Hey, thank you so much, Captain James. It's a pleasure. I always see your guys' stuff and I know that the topics that you guys talk about are always topics that a lot of footballers are thinking in their minds and just afraid to talk about it. But look I look forward to to being with you guys and, and having some great discussion about these type of topics. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, and James, anything that uh, anything that you uh, you had that you wanted to to wrap about real quick before we get started with Christian? No, it's always good to get perspective from a player. So, um, from your perspective, how do you see the landscape of uh, U.S. soccer? Because obviously, you grew up in the U.S. soccer youth uh, system. So, how do you see the landscape of U.S. soccer right now? That's a that's a great question. Like, I, I'm always you know pendant of everything and. Yeah, I see I see how it's going and honestly I think it's one part really good because it's like I feel like uh, there's a lot of coaches, you know, that are that are bearing the fruit of their hard work, you know. I think we're definitely getting out there on the map, you know, and I think US coaches and parents and youth soccer, you know, puts in a lot of effort and puts in a lot of, you know, uh financial investment into a lot of the kids' developments and I feel like in one part we're getting back you know, a little bit, just a little bit of what we put in. So I think things are looking really good in terms of like all these young players playing in, in, in Europe. And I think it's, it's really good for, for this, this next generation. And I just think it's only going to get better. Obviously there's always things that I feel that need a lot of work that could potentially cause this really good momentum to go downhill. But I just think it's, it's in a very delicate place where it's like, if we do everything right, um, I think, you know, things are going to look really bright and we may even in the future, you know, in the next 20 years, potentially, you know, really be top contenders, you know, for, for, you know, being a powerhouse and, mm. and maybe, you know, uh, MLS may be getting better in the next 20 years as well. But it's, it's really interesting because I yeah. just think, you know, the resources we have in America are just, you know, they're, they're nowhere in the world. Like, and we just so blessed with resources. And so I just feel like, I think yeah. we're capitalizing a little bit on it, but it's just, will the world catch up with us, you know, in terms of like, because we're progressing at such a high rate, you know, exactly. so it's really interesting. It's a delicate place. Definitely, definitely. And, and Christian, like, so take us a little bit through your journey, because like, I, I think I, I detailed a little bit, but I, I want to kind of get to the, you know, like what got you into football, then, you know, how did you start? Uh, and and it kind of like just bring us through a little bit of your story that that will kind of yeah. give us an idea of 
of who you are in, in, in talking about this uh, this topic. Right. No, it, it all started basically, you know, uh, my dad, you know, he played football growing up, never was able to make it to the pro level, you know, got rather close, you know, with reserve teams here in the country that were in the second division. But, uh, you know, decided to come to America at 16. And that's usually the age where, like, you have to decide, all right, are you going to go after football seriously or are you going to go after something else? He came back home. You know, I uh, came to America, sorry. And, uh, yeah, no, he, he had me. And, and, and then I guess he just, you know, loved football so much and introduced it to me. I basically grew up, you know, watching him play in, like, really intense Spanish like Sunday leagues and I was just always brought around mm. just was always around the game you know always around those hostile soccer environments cause they could get really oh, wow. crazy you know and and I was always like the the, the the little boy I was just carried around from football atmosphere to football atmosphere how, how old was how old what was your youngest like like <laughs> since I was like three four years old to like from three to eight I just remember my dad just it was really competitive. Like they were training three times a week, you know, they were playing out of state, you know? So I was mm. just always, you know, uh, you know, my, my, da my dad, you know, I was always just his son that would just always come around. And yeah. so I was around all these men's league players and all the time. And it just, I, I was just falling in love with, you know, just the simplicity of being around these, 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 you know, soccer players, in my opinion, I thought they were like the greatest players in the world, you know? So yeah, just fell in love like that. You know, it was, it was pretty crazy. Then I, you know, then I started my rec league at Lee Mount Vernon and, you know, just was playing really, my dad really, you know, now he tells me, it was like, you know, he loved football, but it was mostly to keep me out of the streets, you know, keep me out of, out of trouble, out of, you know, uh, it was really just to keep me occupied and doing something healthy and something that he loved. And so uh, it started like that, played rec soccer, didn't mm. know about travel. My dad had no idea about the system, ODP, all these things. We just were doing it because it's like, oh, we love football. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a healthy thing to get us out of the house and not just be at home doing nothing. So it was something that, you know, it was just, it was our lives. And, and so I just would, you know, always, you know, I wasn't training that much, you know, growing up, I think I only trained like, Maybe we had game day on Saturday, yeah. which was a rec league game, and then you know, uh, then after I would go to my, my to watch my dad play, and then all the kids would just you know play like you know a World Cup, or we just you know do little scrimmages, and then you know, but we probably train once or twice during the week, you know, during it, that four to seven years old period. Okay, so I'll say about four to seven years old. So during that time, it's mostly play you're observing you know you're just essentially getting like a, a foundation a passion for the game would you say that for sure for sure it was definitely you know really going to dc united games helped me a lot my dad just explaining to me okay this player's from here this is what happens here you know and just telling me that hey look this is possible too if you take it serious not putting too too much pressure yet but he told me like hey you could be out there too and so I was just fascinated, you know, and then, you know, seeing how people would get hyped at these men, men's league games, it would just be like, wow, like that praise, that, that intensity that, uh -huh. you know, the, in going to watch DC United, it just, you just started falling in love with the whole, you know, the whole atmosphere of it. So yeah. it, it was, it was a really good upbringing for me in that way. Cause it wasn't that serious. I was really raw. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't know about 
you know, having a proper first touch or when to pass or yeah. just all like you dribble and you just go forward and you try to hit it as hard as you can. <laughs> so, you're saying, so you're saying you didn't have any personal trainers or anything, right? It was just about having a feel for the game and just playing. For sure. No, yeah, definitely. No, I, I, honestly, that was nowadays I think about it, like, you know, kids have personal trainers really early. But back then, it was like, I didn't even know, like, trainers existed, you know? It was just like, mm -hmm. oh, we were playing, you know? And so it was very raw, and I'm thankful for that because I see how it is now, you know? It, it's it's crazy. Mm. It, and so, obviously, so, so when would you start saying that you started taking it, I, I guess, going from, okay, I'm just playing to training? When did that happen? Uh, what led you to that? Like, what were some of the things, if you could fill us in a little bit about that? Right, so it was, you know, I, I was always with, like, you know, the Latino uh, rec league teams, and, you know, it, it was very, like, around 7, 8, you know, it was starting to get, like, okay, this is, you know, we're, we're, we're only going so far, you know, and my dad was like, hey, you know, you've got a little bit more to give, you know, and we were always around, you know, the coaching resources. My dad, I think maybe my dad didn't tell me, but secretly in his head, he was like, okay, he had, like, this little plot in his head, I think, you know, so... We were just like, we need to look for, like, something that's, you know, better, you know. And somehow uh, we found, you know, uh, we found the Lee Mount Vernon travel team, like the U8 team, and I went to try out. Yeah. It was, yeah, and, and the first day I went to try out, Coach Paul, and again, was, was leading the session. Yeah, Coach Paul, just, yeah. Yeah, Coach Paul. It shout was out. crazy because, yeah, shout out to Coach Paul. Yeah, it was just crazy because. I was seeing these, we were training with the older group. The younger guys would train first, and then the older group, so sometimes we'd do it together. That mm -hmm. day we were doing it together, and I'd see these kids juggling and doing all these, these like, these, like, you know, fundamental work, passing drills and all this stuff. And I was like, what on earth, you know? Like, what is this? And I just, you know, Coach Paul, you know how he is. You know, he'll expose you. You know, I don't know. He just, he plays that. He makes it interesting, you know? And he'll just be like, hey, like, you don't, you don't, you know, you pass with the instep, you know, he's very demanding, you know? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so it's like at that moment when it was like, okay, like we're looking for a travel team, you know, or like at U8, U9 is where I found like, you know, essentially what was like the Lee Mount Vernon Hawks. And, 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 and I, I found, I found that team. And then, you know, I've met the, you know, a coach, you know, by the name of Ken Patterson that, you know, he had Chase Gasper who plays at Minnesota right now, uh, yeah, he had, he had other players as well, like um, around our age group as well that played in college. But it was just a good group. And we, you know, that's when they were introducing to me, like, hey, like, this is a training session. We train twice a week, play two touches, you know, just start at U9. I started to be introduced to like, OK, here's how you pass. Here's how you receive. Like, oh, you have to combine with players. For me, it was all kick it and run and, and just dribble as fast as you can and try yeah. to score. Yeah. And when you defend, just try to body your way out and take the ball. But these people started to, you know, give me structure. And that was that was difficult at first. But, you know, it, it helped a lot. Got you. Got you. Um, James, I know, do you have any questions? Or I, I was about to shoot off on another one. I don't want to go too fast past you, man. <laughs> <laughs> nah. So, but when, when you do come back to the area, do you see um... – like younger Christians and stuff like that, uh, playing and stuff like that, playing in the playgrounds, going with their dads to the to the Bolivian league and stuff like that. 
Yeah, that's 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 a great question. You know, to be honest, that essence is is really gone. You know, it's 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 very sad because it's like everything like you don't see that. You know, and mm. most of the times, you know, when you do see that, it's just it's just very rare, and and, and it's just like right now, I feel like because of you know the infrastructure that youth soccer has, it's like parents are also getting smarter, and they're you know they're really vicariously living their dreams sometimes through their kids so it's not this innocent you know family oriented and i think that also has to do with like society nowadays it's like it's not like uh you know the family goes on saturday has a barbecue before the game and then they watch the game and it's like this whole family event you know i think we've lost that structure a little bit as a society in america so it's like it's very rare to see that nowadays you know where it's like you know the, the the young kids are out there you know and when you do see it it's it's really refreshing you know, it's, mm. it's truly refreshing, but it's very rare to see that. Got it. So, so with that being, so I guess, I guess circling back a little bit. So, you found the, you found your team, the Hawks, you played with them, you started, uh, and so then did you start your, start doing private training to, to catch up with these guys or, or what, what really happened for you with the, with your development with them uh, yeah, through this that, time period? Yeah, so what started to happen is, you know, to catch up, you know, it was just, it was very tough, you know, I I would never do private training because at the time, you know, it's like, you know, in that, in those days, it's like financially, it's like, whoa, like uh, paying for a private training was just like, especially in those days, it was just like super rare and it's like, whoa, this is an extra expense, you know, so we never did private training, you know, and but, you know, what I did to catch up was just like, you know, I couldn't juggle, but, you know, I would just go to the tennis court and, you know, they leave these tasks. You know, I was just so super raw while all these kids were like well-trained and had like great fundamental principles, you know, it's like, because they had private trainers and stuff like that. I, I was just, you know, I was just like, all right, I got to learn how to juggle on a tennis court. So I literally would go out to a tennis court and literally you know, try to, you know, learn how to juggle and learn how to do these things. But I, I never did, you know, personal training at that age, you know. And, and, and so, and just, you know, going, you know, everything that I would learn with them, I would tr- I would go back home and do it on my own because I was just like, no, I, I want to learn this. So it was, you know, so I never was, went into private training at that age, you know. Yeah, so your personal, so we're talking about nine, ten years old around then? Yeah, around then, yeah, yeah. Got it. So you, yeah. so it's more like more like a personal motivation, you know, getting exposure to something a uh, higher level and and kind of motivated, being motivated. Would you say that? For sure, yeah. It was definitely that. Just seeing that I couldn't do the stuff that these kids were doing, and it was like, oh, I felt like the odd one out. So I was like, nah, I, I gotta be able to do what these guys are doing, and and yeah, it, it was it was it was always like, man, like it was just a different world and coach Paul too, you know, we trained with him maybe once a week and those that couldn't juggle, you know, he'll put you on the spot. Like, Hey, like, you know, like you only use your left foot to get out of the car, like use it, you know? So it's like, you just didn't want to get <laughs> fried by coach Paul, you know? Yeah. 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 Very, very. Oh, that's, oh, that's what's up. That's what's up. Um, man. So let's say, all right. So take us, take us through because, uh, you know, Take us through because Christian, I, I also played, uh, got selected for back in the day to the U fourteen youth national teams. Um, obviously, DC United. You had some some various professional clubs get interested to in you. So take us from U ten 
up and through academy like so so what was the journey what right. what kind of happened no so that's you know so basically it was around the u11 point when there was like one year before like at u12 that we have to try out at odp you know one day they told us about odp because one of the coaches son was doing odp and they told you about like the format of selection right uh, you know, you go to a district team, state team, and they give, and they were telling you like, yeah, you get free gear, and then if you make the regional team, Adidas will, will pay for some of your stuff. And mm. If you make the national team, you know, you could even potentially, and like that's a year away, you know, a year and a half away. And so, once I was introduced to that, I was just like, oh my goodness, like you could do that through soccer. Like I was just shocked, you know. So uh, I started taking soccer really serious. Where you know, also I had some, you know good fundamental teachings from coach Paul and David Camara. And there's a guy named coach Lester that mm. I'll never forget. He was like, what you put into the ball, the, you would get, you will get out of the ball. And you'd always emphasize on like what you put in, you will get out. Mm. And he also emphasized like a love affair with the ball. Coach David would say, if you love the ball, the ball will love you back. Mm. If you spend time with the ball at home and you get to love it, like the, like basically personifying the soccer ball that mm. like, those that adore the ball, like the ball will adore you. And like, and, and when you need it, it will help you. The more time you spend with it, the more it will love you. Mm -hmm. I was just so fascinated by like the way he broke that down. Talking about like the Brazilian players, how they, you know, and Argentine players, how they love the ball and, and, and how like Ronaldinho would just, you know, love his soccer ball and would take his soccer ball everywhere. And, you know, just like making you literally fall in love with the ball. And, and literally for me, I took that so serious. So I would just take, my soccer ball everywhere. I was just obsessed with it. I, I was just, you know, it was just became sort of like a personal goal, but at the same time, it's like, I really love this game mm. and I wanted to be, you know, and I wanted to also, you know, please, you know, the coaches, cause like when you do good, they would give you really good affirmation. You know, coach David was really good at that. So, mm -hmm. uh, I just, it just became really serious to the point where they taught you about like training and sweating and like, also, we were just at the Hawks, like we started taking it really serious. You know, we were just uh, training three times a week while most teams were training twice. And then they yeah. would, you know, tell us, give us homework. So we were yeah. going in. I mean, we were, you know, running, sprinting, ball work, you know, plyometrics, mm. you know, possession, everything, the full package while Coach Paul training us once a week. Like, and then yeah, I remember in during the summers, you know, uh, it was always interesting, you know, because the, like in the summers I would literally, there was camps all summer. So I'd train from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Obviously the lunch break in between. And then I would go home and then at six, there was a, in the, in the summers, there was like a Spanish league for youth soccer players, you know? Mm. So we would have okay. Alex Pinto also train us in the afternoons and he was just coming off of his pro career. So he was a little raw coaching. So he'd just be doing the drills that the pros do, you know, like tactical <laughs> work and, and he was just like doing everything that he did as a player, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, we would invite, you know, Chase Gasper was there, you know, Junior Flores was there that, that played at Dortmund. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jorge Calix that played at the University of Maryland. Yeah. Uh, and so we had a, we had a really good group and we were just, you know, training after the camps, you know, and that we did that, you know, all summer long, like two summers in a row. And then we had, you know, exposure coming in from coach joel from france you know that would come okay. in and like okay really start to motivate us and tell us look listen like i i work for leon like if, if there's something special i will take one of you guys to leon 
Mm. And so I just I started taking it super serious. Like, I, what what I age? Like, what age is what age are we talking about with this type of talk? Like eleven after after like eleven, eleven, twelve, thirteen, where it's just like two years and a half where I was just at it like every single day. Mm. You know, every single day I was at it, and it was just it became you know very. I remember, um, you know, it, it was just they were just telling us like work hard, work hard, work hard. They were just like just emphasizing hard work on us you know and as the hawks we were getting really competitive we wanted to be the best team in the country and it's just like the right coaches and the right players met and our ambitions combined and we were just like we wanted to be the best and we had a, a real good coach uh ken patterson which uh he's the one that in you know brought david and 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 paul into lee mount vernon and he was just He's from an old school, like American football way, but he was just telling us, like, oh, you guys got to be the number one team in the country. You guys have it. We were just so into it. It, it almost, I think now that I look back at it, I think it was a, maybe a little bit unhealthy because it was just like <laughs> okay. we were being pushed. We yeah. were being pushed. At. I remember, you know, like it was just, I remember one time we played uh, in, in a summer league tournament, 3v3, and mm. I remember uh, Junior Flores, uh, like he had, he had an amazing inside cut, and I remember he got me two times with the inside cut, and I just remember that summer just like after that game, I felt so embarrassed. Like I didn't eat. Like it became that oh, intense, wow. and it just like it yeah. became that intense. And then also playing in indoor Spanish leagues with the with the youth kids, and and just it all becoming so competitive, and all like yeah. you see all these guys that you know that are like some of them like like only rangers right like all these teams that had like a lot of players like jeremy that plays in portland eric williamson that plays in portland giddy and all this we just had a really good competitive generation that just was like just wanting to expose each other and just it got so competitive and yeah and and it, it was just crazy i just i think back and you know i and I talk with like my old teammates and I've heard some of them on podcasts as well. And they're just like, you just wanted to be the best. And it like, it, it wasn't enough. Like it was an obsession. It became, you couldn't go to school and really think about school. You were thinking about going to training and, and earning your spot. And Paul would cultivate that atmosphere where it was like, mm. you gotta be the best. You gotta be the best. Mm. But at the same time, when you're young, you still have that innocence. So it's like coming from a very pure stern, you know? Yeah, of course. Of course. No, that's man. That's that's interesting. How to the way that you you kind of broke it down, um, because you you're giving us a little insight. So, but there's it sounds like there was a lot of even though you guys were being pushed, there's a lot of self motivation too because you like you and yourself are like, yo, I I gotta I want to stay with this group. I want to be a part of this group. Yourself was there was there a lot of either with yourself or with others was there a lot of push from the parents or were you guys mostly self-motivated how would you describe it yeah honestly yeah the parents would definitely you know they would they would definitely like like put a flame in us and they knew how to motivate us you know most of the kids you know i don't know i think that generation were really obedient and we were just really like old school in the way that we just listened to what our parents said and we wanted to please our parents like whatever it took, we wanted to please them. Mm. And so it was just like parents were setting that atmosphere, you know, and granted that Hawks group, you know, a lot of the dads, you know, were ex, you know, NFL players, ex, you know, they worked, some worked in the Pentagon. So there's like all these people that were like, you know, the, uh, like they were a 
of high economic stature. So they're like a lot of entrepreneurs. The fathers were really like uh, successful type characters. So they would just instill that success from, from business yeah. in their careers and just plug it into us. And they would not accept losing. And I remember uh, Chase Gasper's dad who played at Ohio State and he played you know, he was the like, fourth string, third string uh, quarterback for the Patriots. And he would just like literally like, you know, like, yo, you guys can't be pussies. Like he yeah. was just, <laughs> yeah, he was just pushing us at like 13. Yeah. Like he was just like telling us that like, you got to get like, you got to get like dirty. You know, you got to get, you know, this is intense. You can't be made a fool. And they were just pushing us. And, and, and the parents did set it, but it was very healthy. And then you would hear other parents talk to other parents and they would talk about how, Oh, we beat you guys, and the parents would get into it. And, yeah. You know, at 12, there's such a talented generation that, you know, now you see about like the, the ratio of pros that came out of that, you know, 1995, 96 generation. There was times where I counted, we had seven, eight guys that have gone pro between the Hawks and only Rangers at those finals, and we'd have maybe 60, 70 people just, you know, in a small field just come and pack it and watch it. And it was just, it was intense, and there was rivalries. and you had coaches like Alex Pinto who played here in El Salvador. He would come in a suit, you know, like they were taking yeah. it serious too at youth soccer. Like he yeah. was dressed in a suit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that sounds so legit. Like it sounds like hey. it was a mini professional cult, um, environment where the coaches came together to just really make it a whole Champions League vibe, a whole league vibe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. But it was. It was it was hostile. It was good though. It was healthy and 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 yeah. I remember for me too is at the same time you know I'm also I was also a kid at that point and there is also traits of you know kids can be lazy sometimes. And I remember my dad one time I was at my grandma's house. This was probably the switching point for me as well to take it even a gear higher. And he was like, I was like, Dad, I'm bored. Can you come pick me up? And he's you know working construction, working his tail off, and I'm calling, annoying him. You know, hey, Dad, can can you come pick me up? I'm bored. He's like don't you have a dream? He's like, he's like, do you think you want, you say you want to be a professional, right? Go outside and juggle and learn. And, 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 and it was like the winter. He's like, go and sew into the ball, sweat, sweat. He said like, do you want this or not? Like, or are you going to be lazy and just like everyone else? And I was just like, holy moly. He's like, you got to work. You can't always say I'm bored. I'm bored. If you want a dream, go work outside. And I was like, holy moly. I was like 11, 12, you know? And, and it was <laughs> it's like, getting into yeah. Yeah. It was, it was <laughs> and maybe put on like, all right, like I really want this then. So it really started becoming competitive around 11, 12. And then, you know, uh, but that was just everyday life, you know. And then ODP trials start coming out, and I, I didn't expect. I just, I just thought that was my World Cup. Mm-hmm. And so I went to district team. I was surprised I made it. Went to the state team. I was so surprised I made it. Uh, went to a regional camp. And granted, before these camps, I was training by myself, like after school before school you know i was just you know i would do an hour of ball work literally ball work just and then after i'd go to my team practice and then on the next day we'd have off i'd do it in the morning and when i came back from school just all the drills we learned so to get ready for these events and i made regional team and then i'll never forget i got like you know we got the regional team you know like the players they selected 36 out of like a 500 kids that came then they selected out of those, 
uh, I'm sorry, out of those 80 that they picked to be in the pool, they picked like 30 to go to the U.S. national team under 14, like identification camp. Mm. And and that just became unreal for me when I heard that I made the national the, the national team pool, and I got so excited, and, and everyone was shocked. But I remember like coming back, and I told Paul, and I told these coaches, hey, I made the national team pool. They were shocked too. You know, they didn't rate me too high as well at that time, but I was just working super hard and. Mm. They got super shocked. They got shocked, and I was shocked as well. And then I remember Coach Paul saying, that's nothing. He just told me, like, get back to work. Like, that's nothing. That's good, but it's nothing. Hey. You know, and I was like, what? And I was hey. just, like, on a high horse. I was so happy. And he's like, it's nothing unless you make the team. You know, it's nothing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man. And that, that really woke me up to, like, those two weeks of preparation before the national team ID camp. You know, I was training with him. That's when I started, you know, individual training, you know. Around that time before national team camps is when I first was introduced to individual training. So, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. So a lot of self motivation before you hit that. Uh, obviously, you you had it. You had the you had coaches. You had the culture of going to play in different leagues. You're playing on your own. You're playing at your house. So. Let me and and sorry we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna if the zoom cuts out we'll add you back in we'll um right. add you back in real quick but I just wanted to say so from that point you ended up you ended up going to Europe for a little bit right could you could you break yeah. that down for us like you know because we really want to see kind of you know you you kind of leading us into I mean what age do you get your first experiences in Europe what clubs that kind of thing right so basically. The summer, this, I made the, I went to the national team camp, and before that, it was the Olympic Lyon camp that Joel would come. I was doing really well, and Joel told me, like, hey, listen, like, if you want to come in October, you can come. Like, I'm inviting you. I'm going to send an invite. Like, you can come and train with the U14s. I was 13 at the time, right? Mm. So it was just really crazy, you know? And I was still, you know, so he said, hey, you're going to, you know, come in October. I want to take a look at you. And I was just, it was the most crazy thing that ever happened to me when I heard that news. Like, it was crazy. And then a week later, you know, my dad gets the email that I make the U14 national team, you know. And so that was just insane for me. So, you know, I started that, you know. So basically I have in, for Thanksgiving was my first U.S. national team under 14 camp. But then in October, uh, Joel tells me to come. So I go to Olympic Lyon mm. and... Yeah, it was, it was, you know, at the time, you know, we heard about them in Champions League and they were really doing well with Joninho and that generation with Benzema. Wow. And it was really cool. So, yeah, he invites me over. I go over. And this is where I think, you know, it becomes, you know, you go to France, right? And, you know, you I was the big fish in a small pond to say, you know, even though the pond was pretty good in America, but you head over to France and you experience, like, the one thing is American competitiveness, right, at, at the, in that time, right? Another thing is French competitiveness at that age, you know, and it's just like you're entering a whole other monster because, you know, we have just great talent and great, you know, ambition, and we created this amazing atmosphere, but they've got professional clubs backing them up, and there's potential contracts, and they've got a system that, like, oh, they're playing for Lyon. So I remember, like, just going into that environment, it was just – that's where it was like, whoa, I, I hung really well with them. Everything was really good. But, you know, I also struggled a little bit, too, because the level was just tactically and technically mm. so high. 
it mm. was just like the IQ and I was like, oh, I, I know the game, you know, but it's like, this is next level stuff, you know, type of, you know, the center back plays in between the lines to the striker, the striker lays it off to the midfielder, the midfielder plays a through ball to the wings and they're crossing, you know, mm. but at the same time, I was able to hold my ground, my ground really well as well. Uh, to the point where the first day there was a Russian, uh, a, like a, these these teams from uh, these Russian teams, these Russian coaches came over to you know observe the sessions, and you know one of them was speaking with my dad, and, and he saw me, and he was like, "Hey, if things don't work out here, you know, like you know the doors would be open over there in, mm. in Russia." So I was I was doing well, but there's always opportunity over there in Europe. I did well, but at the same time, you know that we had one you know test match. And, you know, to see if, like, hey, are we going to bring him in? And they were like, no, he's a good player, but he's not, you know, he's not ready to be, you know, he's not someone that, you know, we we, we determine as special, you know. But there was, like, he's a good player, you know, definitely at the level, but just not special enough for us to, you know, put money down and stuff like that. Okay. So that was very humbling for me because it was just like, wow, like, mm. dang. And it's like, it's for the first time, it's like, oh, you know, the, the emotions of, you know, like, Dang, I'm a little nervous to play, you know, it's like, mm. you know, cause there's so much at stake, you know, and like you have all these like legit looking French scouts watching you and you hear the language and it's so legit and they're all like, you know, it's like, they're all, you know, in that, you know, in that culture. And it's like, whoa, I'm not, I'm not quite there yet. Even though I can hang and do well with these guys, it's like to be, you know, the best out of these guys, it takes a lot. So yeah. I was really humbled. It was really humbling to be honest. Mm, man and so so from Lyon um so with that experience is there is there anybody that you remember that you that you trained with that you're like oh man this guy made it or or, or like what's what's the difference like I, I think you mentioned the the I think obviously you, you mentioned like tactically technically um was there anything different in terms of their approach how they carried themselves or or, or what else did you kind of notice yeah no, definitely. Like I said, in, in that time, America was just, it was very like, we were just guys just out there trying to do their best and make it. But over here, they just had this professionalism about them at such a young age. It was ridiculous. And they had this swagger like, yo, we're Leon youth players. Like, it's just, it, you can't, you, it's just like, they just had so much more confidence. They were it's just such a, a rich culture of football that it was just like, Dang, everything they did, everybody, even their worst player, had like an amazing first touch, and they just played with such an intensity and mm. a passion that it's just it's not seen in the states. So I'd say that, uh, and then in that generation that I played with the '95, you know, they had two players that that stuck out, which were um, uh, Anthony Martial, who played at mm. who plays at Man United now. Yeah, yeah. He was there, and Fares Baloudi, who plays at Monaco. Mm. He was he was really good at youth days. So those guys and there's a there's a guy um, um, I, I forget because there's a couple guys that are just playing in League One in League One, but like not at like on the bench and stuff like that. But uh, it was just it was a really good group. It was a really good group, and I, you know I didn't really rate them that high at that time. Only only one guy named Fares was just the most insane player I saw at that age group, but. Uh, it was crazy, but I mean, I did well enough to open the doors for me for for next year, but to come back again. But yeah, it was it was really sick. It was you know seeing those guys. I just think the passion and 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 just the wanting it more. You know, it's just in the system as well. Like you're backed by a professional club. It's not like you're just 
you know, wanting to win NCSL. You know, it's like, no, you're fighting to win against, you know, uh, against, uh, you know, Marseille and stuff like that. And it's, it's, it's real over there. So it's just not like this cute NCSL stuff. You know, it's, it's, it's just the real deal over there. And it's just like the weight of that and the weight of representing the crest of Lyon and, 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 you know, actually being like a youth professional, it really, you know, they just have that, 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 that prestige and that everything is done so efficiently and, and it's, it's just intensely. And it's like already like a, prof- like you're, and now that I've played at the pro level and, you know, first division here and, and second division in the States, it's like, well, these guys are little pros at like 13, 14, you know? Mm. Mm. So that was, that was a bit of something. So, so, all right, take us, all right, you, you, uh, you have that experience with Leon, you come back to the States, kind of what happens there, you know, I guess yeah, you're around yeah. 14, 15, or others are starting to hit 15. Yeah, no, so 14, yeah, around 14, no, no, I was 12 at that time, no, I oh, was 12. just okay. 13, okay. 13, I was 13 at that time, uh, then go to the national team camp, you know, get invited to all U14 camps that they had that year with the national team, everything goes really One second, we're going to have a little, a little break right here, we'll be right back. Hey, sorry for that, guys, our... We just had a, a quick break, so we're back again with uh, Christian Rodriguez on our uh, episode of uh, well, our series of Too Much Too Soon. Uh, you know, talking about youth development into the pro game. So, Christian, I think we were talking about um, essentially after your Lyon experience uh, yeah. and your national team experience. Like, what happens? You're around thirteen, fourteen years old. I think you were saying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I. I go that whole year, you know, get into the U15 national team around uh, 14 years old. And I remember uh, right before, after my first camp with the 15s, Coach Paul was able to, you know, take me to France again. And he, he plugged me with a, a player that, you know, also was at the Lyon camp that he was an ex-player and he had a connection at PSG. So at 14 years old, I went to PSG and we were tra- I was training a year up. U16. That was only no. I was with the yeah. I was with the U16. So it was two years up at PSG, mm. and I was uh, 14 at the time. So because the 15s at that time weren't in yet, but I remember he takes me there and and I do really well to the point where they're like, oh, we're really interested, you know. And they were gonna have a, a meeting with the directors. They had meetings with directors to see like, you know, if there was a way to to, to be able to to bring me in. And to have me stay, you know, I was there for about a week and a half, and they were super interested. But, you know, uh, unfortunately, you know, again, it all came back to, you know, good player, you know, we're interested, but he doesn't have an EU passport. Mm. And secondly, it's like, you know, we'd have to put a lot of money into this player, and we're not sure how he's going to peak. Mm. So that that was a that was a really good experience. But after that, you know, uh, Came back to the States, you know, was continuing with the Hawks, you know, same, same, same ambition, you know, and, and, and did a full year with the U15s, went back to France, you know, about seven months later to train at this club named Grenoble, which was in the first division. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I go for there. I do really well. But again, the club doesn't have money. So Joel was like, oh, you're already out here. He was the coach of the U15s. He was like, 
come play a tournament with my with my with, with my under 15s mm. playing that tournament it goes so well you know we played against espanol blackburn blackburn rovers azet alkmar was in it mm. uh it, it was a really good tournament you know I, you know i did well i started every every game except the first two and i did so well to the point where you know they were like hey like we want to invite you for preseason for like a spot to see if you could get a spot with the U17s mm. and that was just really crazy cuz they that was the summer of the U17 World Cup and so they had like four or five players that played on France U17 mm. but you know yeah i went that summer for preseason you know i thought i was going to move to france i thought like oh man like this is it you know like they yeah. really want me now you know i yeah. did so well but it was tough because at that time it was the 94 and 95 age group together so i had to compete against that 94 generation and I just remember doing preseason and to this day I have not had a harder preseason you know it was just insane it was but you know it was just so much more competitive it was like that felt like you were you were really getting close to 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 the next level and it was just you know it was tough because you know being an american at that time they weren't rated too high so you know the the U15 the, the coach that was at the U17s before you know saw me playing was really interested but that summer they fired the whole U17 staff and brought in a new staff so mm. it was really tough and, and and the guy didn't even play me in my position didn't even you know take me serious so it was really tough but uh I come wow. back to the states after that and I and I decide to do uh you know I'm done I decide to like okay I need higher level stuff and so I decided to go into DC United Academy Mm-hmm. and that sort of where things started to re- like really affect my youth development at DC United to be honest. Okay, so what ha- so what what happened if you don't mind so, spilling uh, the tea a little bit. Yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> so I go into DC DC no worries. No, I go into DC United Academy. Uh, you know, it was uh it was a, for the first time, you know, it was just like I was faced with a situation where it's like okay, like I'm not the man of the like I'm not like they don't rate me that high at this club even though, you know, I was doing U15 national team just got back from Europe the club really wanted me DC wanted me I get into that system and we had a coach his name was Roberto da Silva which was a who was a great coach in terms of like I feel like as for men's but for youth soccer it was just it was very different you know and and and, and it wasn't I think he's just he's I think that type of personality isn't for youth soccer it's more for like you know the pros mm-hmm. not really developmental but you know that season I it was it was a very challenging season because there's a lot of names that were also national team players also more known by the coach so then it's like for the first time I'm facing that I feel that biasness so mm-hmm. you know but regardless you know I I win my spot and I end up playing and you know in that squad we had guys like Colin Martin who played at Minnesota Ian Harks who plays in Scotland mm-hmm. uh you know there's myself in the midfield we had uh you know Michael Seaton who is the guy that plays in uh, played in the USL and is playing in Germany right now you know so we had about four Lars Eckenrode another guy that plays professional mm-hmm. so we had four or five guys that you know you know went pro or six guys also there's a guy that plays in the Philippines national team but we had a very competitive squad but it was just you know it was for the first time you're really faced with the reality of how things are in America you know it's it's it was very you know you come from europe and then you come to that and it's just like things are so different the structures off it's weird you know it was cool cuz you know in that time you know every weekend you know every, we had away matches there was bus trips it was very professional but 
just the way things were run, you know, it was just very, it was very off. Mm. And so, you know, you're faced with, you know, this, you know, the coach, you know, knew these players since they were young. And, you know, I'm going to play these players because they're good and maybe you can be better, but, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to give you more of a hard time because I know these guys. So you're faced with these type of, you know, soccer things that you see more when you get older and it's like, wow. Mm. And so at the same time, you know, it's like I, at that time I was known for being a very creative player, a lot of dribbling, a lot of stuff. I come into that setting and it's like, how do you fit my system? And it's like, not how can you use your talents to, uh, to, to fit into my system? It's all right. You don't fit into my system. I don't need dribbling. You know, I want, you know, this certain type of style of play, like high, high press and, and, and in possession, but you know, only two touches, you know, don't take extra touches, you know, and just be yeah. tactically here. Don't move here. Don't move there. And so like, obviously at those at 15, 16, you know, they start, you know, obviously you have to introduce tactics at a higher level, but just the way it was, it was just like, wow, it really like, you know, coach really coming hard at me when I'm trying to be creative. Mm. And that right there really started to mess with my head and it, it had me really second guessing because, you know, it was it was intense, you know, it was intense as well at that level. But, you know, coaches just just not really not really meshing with this style of play. Mm. And so that year he was just also very like, you know, that I'm. I'm from the old old school where it's like, all right, you got it, you know, Coach Paul and all these guys, they're hard on you, right? But this guy would just cross the line, you know, just, mm. you know, it, it very insulting. And so for us, it was just very, very difficult. And, and to the point where it's like it was a difficult year, I ended up playing the second half of the season every game, everything went well. But then I remember Coach Paul or someone got in contact with you over the summer to go to Europe. And I was just like, man, how am I going to go to Europe? Like, I feel like, I feel like crap, you know, because I felt mm. so bad and traumatized from this coach that was always yelling and yelling and yelling, where I was even at times afraid to get on the box. I didn't want to make a mistake because he was the type of guy, like, you make a mistake, he's yanking you, you know, and so it, it was mm. just, it was so much. And so I remember going to Grown Again with you, yeah. I was just, like, scared out of my mind because it's like this coach had me believing that I was no good. Yeah. And I was just literally scared out of my mind. To the point where I remember the first training session, we go to Grown Again with you. I remember being there. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, man, this is going to be oh. – I was like, I don't know if I have it in me to go back to Europe. Because I know, like, my experiences in France, it was just like, oh, this is going to be a tough one. Like, you got to be on, on the highest of highs to do it. But then I remember the first training at Grown Again, it was just like such a different atmosphere. Everything was more chill. Everything was more, you know, efficient. I remember the first session, like, we went and we just started doing passing drills and real fun stuff that I'm really good at. And I remember, like, really enjoying the session. And I remember, like, guys were playing combinational soccer. I was really – I remember the first session, I was really – like, I felt like I did well, but I had that old coach's, you know, like, is, 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 is <laughs> yeah. verbal. He was in my head even in Grown Again, right? And mm. I remember, like, the coach after the first session was like, Christian uh, and, and Kef, like, can we talk to you guys after? guys come upstairs and i remember uh yeah uh, i was like oh man they're gonna cut me like they, they, they you know like they probably think that <laughs> suck, you know it's just like yeah they're gonna they're and then next thing you know the coach is like hoekstra the peter hoekstra yeah. he's just like you know talking to us he was like hey you know growing you know this is a good place to stay and stuff like that i was like man like why is he saying this? Like, what a cruel way to cut me like you know, <laughs> you know, like, drop me down, like uh, I was like, man, this guy's 
He's like, uh, you can shower and, and then come upstairs. I didn't even shower. I was like, I just want to hear it right now. And I, was like, <laughs> you know? I was like, I'm not showering at all. I was like, I'm done. I'm done. And I was mm. like, I, I was like, you know what? I think I need a little bit more time to like take Europe on again. I was like, you know, I was like, I just wasn't because you know, coach was like. Uh, the guy at DC United was like, if you play one back ball and get it back, he didn't like you to check. He wanted you to stay. He was just very restrictive. You know, any back ball or sideway ball or any, you know, slowing down the tempo of the game, he was just like, uh-uh, uh-uh. Any kind of like trying to combine and do little combinations in the middle, was like, uh-uh. So I was doing all of that. Mm. And, he was, and so I was just like, oh, man, they're going to cut me. And then we go upstairs and they're like, you know, you know, we're really interested, you know, you, you know, Holland is a good place and, 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 and you know, we just got to see how we can, you know, we had Canadians here before and they yeah. were really interested. You were there, Coach Captain, and yeah. they were just, they were just, you know, talking really well and that they really wanted me. And I was just like, I was numb. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I was ready to hear it, you know? Like, you know, that I'm not good enough, that, I, you know, maybe I need to go train with like a little, you know, club so it was just hey you know what that was just like you know what they told me christian right right after your first session you, you were going i guess to showers or going to the locker room um peter hoekstra came up to me he said okay now why are you really here and i said well he, he wants to try to play in europe and he's like really i was like yeah he's like all right let's go upstairs and um what was interesting about Peter Hoekstra, who what former Ajax player, um, also played in Spain. I think he had, he had a Spanish wife, didn't he, Christian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His wife was his wife was from Spain. Yeah. Yeah. So he he really took a liking to you during this time period. And I think this is what 2011, correct? Yeah, 2011. Yeah, and, and I think during that time, uh, Luis Suarez had just left Groningen, or a, a, a year or two prior. Um, and so like, you know, Groningen was, was expanding, looking at different players outside of their market. And then I remember Peter Hoekstra really took a liking to you, um, a lot, man. Now that was a, that was a, such a crazy experience. And, and for you, and for you young bucks that may be listening, I remember coming with Christian to Groningen and I remember, you know, you're in Holland, nice country, chill country. We we're there. This kid was wired on about football. There's beautiful girls on bikes. Christian is wired on about football. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, <laughs> like, nope. Focus was like, I'm here for football. I had to. I remember. I remember talking to you, and I said, "Okay, you got to relax, man. You you you're like asking me thousands of questions about all about the game." But it was also endearing because I knew how much you wanted it. You know, you wanted to make something of yourself too. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. I remember when we first landed and everything. You know, it was cool. We went to, I think it was your wife's family. Yeah, we yeah. Stayed there. I don't, yeah, we were there. And then we took a train. I was so jet lagged. And I remember, <laughs> uh, you know, it was just crazy. We got to the hotel. We watched a little bit of Madrid. And the next day, we were right on a taxi, like, going, you know. And, 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 yeah. and we were just, it was, the focus was so crazy. I just, I remember that. I was just too like zoned in that was just it was that was good it was i was just i don't know i just could not think of anything else and it, it was it was insane and i remember after that you know after we spoke with that you know we spoke with peter yeltsma the director and mm -hmm. things were looking really good and i to, i remember that time the way i felt with that style of play the way they played it was just 
it was ridiculous. It's just like, I felt like I was at home, you know, with the Dutch style of play, the Dutch thinking, mm. you know, the the way of life there. It was just, it was a mesh. And I, to this day, I, I, I just, I remember feeling so comfortable on the field. It was ridiculous, you know, because it's like the angles that the, 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 the players would create, you know. In America, the play, like, I remember... I was thinking to myself, this U17 team mm. is not better than my DC United team, physically speaking, in terms of physically. And, like, we were just a little bit more advanced. Maybe our technique wasn't better. We weren't better soccer players, but we were good enough to dribble, good enough to pass, and we were just athletically more intense and better. But in terms of, like, pure footballers, like, these guys were, like, they had it. They they were just pure footballers. And, mm. and, and, and that that is, like, obviously, like, at that age, you think, like, oh, these guys aren't that good. But, like, they just had a high soccer IQ that was just ridiculous. And then I just remember fitting in with that, and it was just – it was crazy. It was crazy. And it was a really good two weeks that we were there. And then they, they asked us if, if we could stay. And I remember going up there uh, to the meeting with uh, with your wife, and she was translating, and we were just <laughs> listening, and we were so zoned in. And we're like, Agent, wow, yes. like, they're asking us to stay. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. I remember telling your dad, "I was like, I got to get back home. I don't know what they want to do with Christian, but he's gonna have to stay here." <laughs> uh, no, oh, yeah. I think you stayed like what additional two weeks or something like that, right? Yeah, I stayed an additional uh, two weeks there, you know. And I, I remember the, you know, I remember there was one game where they started to move me up with the U nineteens, you know, and that's mm. where I was like, wow, you know, right there they. And to, I remember that U19 squad, you know, to this day, I still keep in touch with a, a lot of those players. But, oh, that's for example, they had, they had Hans Hatebuer that plays at Atlanta uh, in Italy in Serie A. Oh, wow. Playing right back in the, in the Euro, in the in the European League Cup, the with the national team that they're doing, that Euro League thing. Mm-hmm. For qualifiers for the Euro, they had... Um, they have Mark Deemers that plays at Feyenoord. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have Hilal Ben Musa who plays at FC Emin. And on that Groningen U17 team, they also had, you know, I remember that team and I was like, oh, this team is amazing footballers. But I wasn't like super, super, super impressed. But it's like goes to show my American mentality, you know, that what I wasn't rating so much in Holland, they were rating even though they weren't maybe better than a DC United U17 team, like result wise. But in terms of forming the footballer, they were so much better. Mm. And they have, they have like, out of that U17 team that you saw, Coach Kef, like, they had about, like, six, seven guys that are playing in the Eredivisie right now, you know? Wow. Wow. And yes. And, and it's, hey, it's, just, hey, just to put some respect on my man Christian's name, this is what they told me. They said uh, Christian was the best talent. If he was in the academy, was Dutch, was the best talent in the U17s. Uh, that they had at 15 so he was playing up a year or two and he was considered the best talent uh, if he was Dutch Um, and I remember just honestly just being blown away because you know I'm not an agent or anything I'm just a coach and just helping people get a chance over and Christian you were kind of like the first success story for us getting a player over I remember when you kind of went over and everyone found out about it it was like a crazy uh just a time a crazy time period you know just really figuring out like wow this is this is really how it works overseas like if they if they want you and uh i remember even the process of you kind of get over there but then unfortunately uh the barcelona uh stuff happened 
uh, with, yeah. with with FIFA and everything. Yeah, they were really, you know, they were cracking down on teams and they're uh, for doing that, you know, and so it became, you know, like a very illegal, very dangerous child trafficking type thing, you know. Yeah, so yeah of course. Like, they didn't want to, they didn't want to take that risk. So, I mean, we tried to beat the loophole and things like that, but, uh, you know, I went over there for about, you know, a year to try to beat the loophole and, yeah. you know, with the U-17s, uh, you know, I was just training and doing double days sometimes with the u nineteen. so it was good to train and stuff like that. And then I thought we were going to, you know, we finally found like a paperwork loophole and then with the U-19s, I was rostered, I did the team photos and everything. I thought everything was going to be, you know, set and it was like two days before we played in a cup game, you know, I was training with the starters, I was going to play against PSV, I thought everything was going to be, you know, amazing. And then, unfortunately, you know, they're like, oh yeah, you know, FIFA didn't approve, and then like, we're going to appeal it, and then I waited another month, and another month, and another month, and then they just ended up not approving. But the, the crazy thing is, it's like, you know, I just think about it now, like the players that you were tra- that I was training with at that time, mm-hmm. is just insane, like out of that team, I have the team picture, and it's like, Nine guys, nine guys have been, you know, have gone pro out of wow. a roster of like 17, 18, you know, and that's, you know, it, it, it's it's crazy. And then three of them played, but they're stopped now. So in total, we had like 11, like 11, 11 guys that went pro out of the 18, 19 roster, you know? Wow. Wow. Ridiculous. Yeah. But out of this story, what's really telling is um, that um, the you being valued in the States was different from the way you were valued in Europe or in Holland. So, for example, like the coach, the coaching staff or the coaches at DC, they saw so many faults within you, whereas when you went to the new environment, they were like, okay, you're one of like the top players in our environment and we are going to mold you to become a pro instead of our team winning this and that and that and that. Yes, they like to win, but they wanted to uh, produce a product for the first team. Exactly, and that's 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 a great point, and it's 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 very sad. That's something that you see. It's it's still to this day. I went to Europe about a year and a half ago to to get another go at it at a fourth division club in Belgium, and I got unfortunately I got injured uh, the day where I was going to have a friendly, the training before a friendly, where they're going to decide on me, but. Uh, I had one of the scouts take me over, and the way he rated me was just so much higher than the way I'm rated in America. And it's just, it's, it's just when you go over there, it's just like something different activates, and it's like, you know, for my style of football, it's just so much more. I fit in so much more, and it's, it's almost second nature. It's just natural. And here in the state, in the states, and you know, places like Central America, it's it's so much more difficult than in Europe where it's like spacing, you know, everyone knows just how to play football the right way and and and, mm. and, and it's just it's 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 a it's a great environment. But no, it's yeah, they it's it's interesting how they can rate you in Europe and then I remember I came back from Europe and then I came to play in the States and it was just like wow, this is really difficult. Like I I was struggling, like I was like, How is it that I was playing against PSV and Ajax and all these clubs and friendlies and I was doing so well and then I come and I can't get on the ball against Chicago Fires U17s and it's just like mm. what's going on and I was like what is happening and it's like I can't get on the ball I can't get on the ball and it's just like how is it that I touch the ball so much in these games you know against these other clubs but yeah yeah it's it's crazy 
All right, one one second. Let's take a quick break. One second, one second. Yeah, so we're back with uh, uh, the second section of Too Much Too Soon, episode one with uh, Christian Rodriguez, uh, who was explaining we're, we're pretty much now at where he's had the experience in, in Holland, and now he's talking about the transition back to the States. So, yeah, Christian, you were talking about just the, the difficulty of playing back in the States after being in, in Europe. Right. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, man. It was. It was so difficult. It was the most difficult thing, and it's like I come back and everyone's rating me so high. All of my colleagues, and this kid was was in was in grown again, and they they heard about everything that was happening. I come back to the states, and it's like, bro, like I, I was I was struggling. It was tough, you know. And it was like, how do I adapt? Mm. How do I adapt? And it was just guys were like, wow, this guy was really in Europe, like. And it's just like, I go back and my coaches are like, you know, thankfully, you know, um, after growing again, actually, I went a little bit, you know, I was in the States for a little bit, but then I uh, signed with an agency and I was just training and I was training with a second division NASL club named Carolina Railhawks at the time. So I was like on an amateur deal. So I never debuted with them, but uh, I was just training with them. So that was really good. Growing again definitely prepared me for that. Mm-hmm. And definitely the pro game, but it's like when I would go back with the youth, you know, where I feel like I should have dominated, it's like, no, I, I couldn't do, I couldn't reciprocate with the pros. There was like, it was okay. I was holding my ground. Just like the physicality was something that, you know, was difficult for me, you know, in terms of how, you know, physical those leagues were. And I was 17 years old, but, you know, in terms of on the ball, everything was just really good, easy for me, but. Unfortunately, at that time, it was very rare for 17-year-olds to be playing, you know, in the second league, and and it was just very rare for them to play young players. It was almost like the forbidden sin back then, you know, to, you know, if, if a team was, you know, signing a homegrown, it was like, man, they're a risky club or, or something like that. Or if they're playing a youngster, man, this guy, it was just a risk back then, you know, not like today, like everyone gets praised about it, you know, and they get oh, we just, you know, coaches get credit for debuting young players now, and it's something good, like, everywhere else in the world. But back then, it was just so difficult. Mm. But it's just, you know, it was it was very difficult, and, and I just remember after that, you know, uh, you know, not being able to find anything in America, you know, after that, you know, and so then I just, you know, I decided to go, you know, my dad, you know, pitched the idea since I have dual citizenship with El Salvador to, to go down here, and, and, and thankfully... I was yeah. able to sign for the biggest club down here, and, and, and I was there for three years. Yeah. And then after that, uh, I had good seasons, and then I had really good seasons, and then some not-so-good seasons, depending on the coaches. And, you know, you get to see, you know, the pro game is just a whole complete different animal. Mm. You know, there's, you know, there's, it's tough because you have to transition from being a good, promising player to a player that brings in, results you know and how can you you know bring it's that transition and it really goes to show the coach you have you know unfortunately since I'm not physically blessed like with high stature or super quick speed I have to you know rely like sometimes it's you know the type of you know if, if our team plays you know more of a direct style of play then I just I really have to find ways to adapt that are outside of my strengths you know so it all depends on coaches that like to play. I, I always did well, but on coaches that didn't, it was always difficult for me. Mm. And so, yeah, it was a whole different. And then the and then just the pressure of, you know, the, the stuff that goes into it as in 
the club having pressures for titles. You know, if you don't have a good game, it's the coach brought you in, and then you look, then they they want to go for the coach's head, and there's coaches getting fired. Yeah, like I've at every club that I've been at, they've had a coaching change mid-season, so it's just oh, the man. instability of the pro of the pro game. You know, and 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 then there's all these things and stuff like that, but definitely you know it's it's been i've been at four 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 or five professional clubs and i'm only 25 uh mm. but you know now thankfully i feel like i'm in a in a good environment and i think you know now it's it's at this point it's just like okay you know how can i get on the on the senior national team here and, and try to you know put first of all just solidify a starting place and secondly, you know, uh, you know, then try to get on the national team and, and see where you can go from there. But it's definitely been a, a good roller coaster. But like you said, you know, I looking back at it now, I think, you know, when I was younger, I think I, I should have taken it a little bit more easier. And I think in U.S. soccer, we're really good at forming players up until U17, U18, you know. Mm. But then something happens at that. Not now. Now it seems like we're improving at that. But my generation after 17 18 it's like you know it, it was tough because there wasn't you know usl when i was around wasn't you know having all these b teams and stuff like that you know and, mm. and, and you know having things like that they didn't have that you know and so it was now they have teams that are tailor-made for the youngsters of the club you know so it's it's very interesting you know and it's it's it, it, it's it's definitely you know i feel like when i was two years now what I see is like, all right, like that mentality helped me to, to go, you know, become a professional and everything. But now as a, as you know, footballers are, are professionals, but we're mostly first human beings. And, and I think going so hard at such a young age literally just creates this, I think it's almost like a toxic where it's like, okay, you don't know how to switch off, you know, and, 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 and you become too ambitious and you want it too much to the point where it's like, it starts to affect you in a way where it's too much, you know, mentally. And then it affects your play because you're too consumed by the goal and wanting it. Mm. And you can't come out of a place of like that fluent joy and that fluent movement that, that, you know, that you're not fluent and you're not, you know, you're not this agility and this flow, you know, that you get in because you're so caught up with, I want to make, I got to work hard because all your life you've just been grinding, 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 grinding. And then you kind of like, with that grind that you form in those development ages, it's like when you get older, it's like you got to fi find a way where it's like, yes, grind, be responsible, be disciplined. It's your job, but you got to flow from a place of, of joy and creativity, you know, and not mm. with the pressure of like, you know, uh, of producing, producing, making it here, making it there. And so now I'm faced with the challenge where it's like, okay, I need to learn how to chill my mind. I need to learn how to, you know, chill and let my football come from an instinctual place mm. and not from like, okay, I got to make it happen because this is, you know, I need to make it this level and this level. And it's like, you just can never, it's never enough. And, and sadly, it's like that way that we learned as 10, 11 year olds, like for example, I know other players that, you know, got injured and, and, and couldn't make it professionally and they were formed with my same mentality and it literally rocks their life. And so, after mm. football how are they going to be and so mm. it's it's okay. good it's good to it's like they created these prototype robots where we're good 
you know, and we win the matches in the youth soccer and we bring success to the coaches' names and, and it makes them look good. But then as individuals and as human beings, it's like it really jacks up. And that's something that I'm working with, you know, as an individual, you know, just learning how to, okay, like disconnect, you know, because I've learned the more relaxed I am, I've already worked so hard and I'm already a disciplined, respectful person and I take my job serious. But now when I play from a more place of relaxation and of a place of just freedom and enjoy, that's where I can produce more. But it's battling against those mentalities that you formed in your youth, you know? Wow. Man, you did, you you have given us a lot to marinate on, man. A lot to a lot to like really really think about. I mean, what you say, what, yeah. what what say you, James? No, because it's funny, you um, Christian. You said all of those things that were perfect. Because my my question was going to ask you, what would you say to a young teenage Christian? And basically, you said all of that in that, and um, and that's very valuable information for a player that was. That is in the situation that you were in, you know what I mean? And um, listening to you say all these things since you've been through that and where you are now is a valuable um, comment for them. For sure. No, it definitely, like, it's, yeah, that's why I always think, you know, my advice would be to be disciplined, be respectful, you know, that's, it's, it's always, that's a core thing that I think every human being should have, but when it comes to football, it's like, yeah, when it's football time, like, give your all, you know, take care of yourself, but at the same time, let yourself be a, be a, be a kid, be a human, you know, because mm. I remember the kids at Grown Again, and something that I admire about Dutch culture is when it's time to train, they're giving their all, and they're, they're, they're sweating their socks off to do what they have to do. They rest on their vacation time. They, obviously, they, they, you know, I remember I was speaking with, uh, it's just, it's a different culture. I don't know because I remember I was speaking with Hans Hatzebuer that plays in the Eredivisie and the starting right back for the Dutch national team. I remember uh, before I left Groningen, he was telling me, yeah, you know, if I don't make it, you know, I'm just, if I don't get called up to the reserves, you know, because it was his last year at, as a U19, he was like, I'm just going to, you know, go to college and get a degree, you know, it's, it's nothing, you know. And then I was like, hey, what'd you, or when I came back from summer break, what'd you do over the vacation? Yeah, one day I would run and do gym and and play with my friends, and then the next day I wouldn't do anything, I'd chill, I'd go to the beach, the next day I would maybe do something, maybe not, and it's just like this, I don't know, it's like they're still young men, you know, and it's like all of the, but if you ask a player in America, hey, like, what are you going to do if you don't make it, it's like, I don't, with the mentality we were raised, it's like, I don't know, like, I think my life is going to end, you know, and, and that, like, putting, as a, I think we're putting too much pressure on ourselves, and I think that kills creativity and that's mm. why you see, you know, coaches emphasize like people like a lot of players like, Oh, work hard, work hard. Cause like, yeah, you can work hard, but for what, you know, it's like, you know, that just is sort of like a, a facade of, of, of the real picture. It's like, and, and now you see these players in Holland, like they develop in a way where it's like, I remember all my friends, it's like, they were, you know, I was like, oh, like after a training session, you know, I'd go home, recover, do all my recovery, my mobility routine. And these guys would go out and hang out with their friends and, 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 and just be kids. And it's like, it's like, whoa. And But then when they would come and play, it's like they were refreshed. And mm. I, I just, you know, it's it's like Dutch culture would be like, yeah, they would go to their, you know, to the, to the, to the team club after, you know, and, and, and do what kids do. And, you know, it's, it's, 
Mm. It's interesting, you know. It's like, or they would just go and hang out with friends, go and bike and have fun. And, but it's just like they didn't have this, I don't know, this unbelievable pressure. And then now as adults, when they're pros and now where the real pressure comes, you're not burnt. You know, you have, you know, you, 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 your whole youth, you did it the right way. You know, because I feel that Dutch people, they, they really know what they're talking about. Mm. They have a good. They, they really know. Christian, Christian, I think my wife is in the background listening. Don't say that too much, and she's Dutch. That they uh, uh, they yeah. know what they're talking about. <laughs> I, I don't need I don't need her all me like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah, <gotcha. laughs> yeah, man. But yeah. no, they, they they know what they know what they're talking about in terms of youth mm. development, and and and, and, yeah. and they they peak they peak at the right age when it matters. Now it's like, whoa! You put so much pressure on yourself that. It's like now when you have real pressure, you know, when you're, you know, playing in front of, you know, large crowds and there's money, you know, like I have a coach right now. He's like, you know, football, you know, he's always like football. This is about, like, you know, if we make it to the finals, there's money. There's, you know, the finals, like the ticket sales, you know, we get a percentage of that, you know, football is, you know, and now when there's, all right, your livelihoods at stake, you know, he's like, he tells us, you know, uh, you know, you guys are defending my son's meal, you know. You know, it's like, it's really like that, you know, and it's like, all right, like that's when you need the pressure when you're an adult going into the, when you're going into a a real situation like that, you know, where it's like, you're a man now and it's time to, to step up and and, and do what grown men do. And that's, you know, provide for your family and, and, and and perform when you need to, like, that's Mm. when you need that, you know, that type of pressure, you know, and, Mm. But if you're getting that type of pressure at 10, 11, or some guys now are starting even earlier, it's like you will not, you will not be able to cope. And the sad thing is, some players develop unhealthy coping mechanisms, and that's where you see, wow. you know, players fall off with substance abuse, drug addiction, you know, all forms of different type of addictions, and, and you see it, you know, because they're trying to find a release from that pressure, you know. Wow. It's wow. really crazy. Wow. Wow. Christian, man, you you got me going. Sorry if this Zoom cuts off on us again because they sent me a message. But man, I, I think I think you you have unpacked so much, man, and I and I feel that I should have we should have talked to you much earlier because this is I think we I think we're gonna have to do an, a, even more versions with you on this because I think you you really lay out so many different things from a mental aspect. From growing up and going through the whole system, is I mean, man, amazing. Honestly, I mean, seriously, man. I mean, I think it's uh, either way, man. You know, I'm I'm happy for you. I think I would tell James all the time. I was like, if Christian Rodriguez asked me to do anything to help him, man, I'll help him. Uh, if he wants to play when he's fifty, I'll make the call. Hey, <laughs> uh, <laughs> man, thank you. No, man, I, like I said, I'm grateful because if it wasn't for you know, obviously your sacrifice, you went when you were 26, right? To 20, 22, 22. <laughs> 22, 22. Oh, no, you, I met you when you were 26. Yeah, you yeah, went to, yeah. to Holland when you were 22. And if it wasn't for you going there and, 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 and opening that door for people like me, people like the other guys that have come in, I would have never learned these type of things, you know. And I, I, and, and, and I literally, my experience in Holland to this day, you know, literally is what, so many of the lessons that I learned there are things that play in the back of my head. And, you know, many people say like, oh, would you have regretted going to Holland? You know, like you could have just stayed at D.C., you know, and, you know, D.C. was promising big things, but they, you know, obviously they, 
they do that to a lot of you know talented players but you know maybe it would have been better people are like would it have been better for you mentally you know to not go through all that but i'm like no the lessons that i acquired the culture that i was able to learn One second, we have a quick break. But yeah, yeah. So we're back with Christian Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah. No, I was saying you were you were saying some of the lessons that you learned. Yeah, some of the lessons that I learned, the people that I was able to meet, the players I was able to, you know, just pick their brains a little bit. You know, it's it's the relationships that I was able to build. Like I said, I, I still keep in touch with almost almost half of the team. You know that I that I had at U seventeen and U nineteen. You know and. You know, the, the friendship that you're able to build and, and just experiencing the Dutch culture, you know, it, it's, it's, it's definitely something that I would never, i never trade the football education, the way that they do things, the way of life in Holland. It literally shaped me as an individual. So I, I, would, I would take that any day over maybe if I would have stayed in America and things uh, panned out amazingly or something would have happened, you know. I would have taken that, that road in Holland any day because it's just, Living there, going to school, you know, going to the Johan Cruyff College, you know, yeah. being a, a student at that at that school, and like you know, being you know, being a foreign kid in that in that school, going through the culture, you know, it's just those things are are priceless, and they shaped me as an individual. And then I know in the at the end of my football playing career, when I step into the other roles of that football can give you, I think I'll be better equipped. But that all started with. You know, you going over there, you know, and and, and and then my knowledge and my doors that I may potentially be able to open through friends in the future was all because of you, you know. So at the end of the day, you know, it all goes back to you, Coach Cat. Oh, no, no, man, no, no. My my old coach paved the way for me. So it's just really and, and, and that's for anybody. We all we're all here to help each other. And now, nah, man, I think, uh, you know, you just telling your story and uh and really kind of laying it out, I think, is going to help a lot of a lot of aspiring players or anybody that's looking to, to achieve something. And yeah, man, I mean, you you're definitely in our story. And no matter what, man, when you're you know, when you finally do hang up those boots, you know, you know, you got a home at Joga if you want to do something. Oh, yeah, that's sick. Yeah, no, I, when I when I heard about what you're doing, it's just like in the, the possibilities of owning your own club, you know, and I James moved there. Right. He was an American. He moved. To to Holland, right? Or yeah, right. Yeah, I did, I did, I did. I moved to Holland in uh, 2019, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, 2019. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. And just follow, trying to follow the dream, man. Because if we can't dream and we don't try to follow it, uh, our life is has no substance, you know. For sure. No, I agree. That's like what you guys are doing is admirable, and just to see that it's an open market and the possibilities, you know that. Like Kev was saying, like in five, six years, like you know, you don't know where the, where Joga could be. Like as a like, you know, yeah. it could be up there. You know, either fighting for an ear divisi or in the ear divisi. You know, because you guys are in the seventh, right? Yeah, it was seventh tier. It was seventh tier, and I think that's what that's what you like. Like what you said is like the possibilities. You know what I mean? And seeing like, okay, hey. Where, where can we go? Where can we go? And that's the thing that I think, like you said, in the States, sometimes you just feel like it's Groundhog Day, you know? Yeah. It's Groundhog Day. Okay, what what is this? Is somebody watching or, you know, um, 
there's just more on the, not just more on the line, just more opportunities, more doors, and that's that's the thing that you see over here that I that unfortunately in the states, uh, you know, kids kids now, you know, I think that more doors are opening, but like if you're not in that top one or two players that they want, you know, what happens to you? So hopefully doors keep yeah. getting open for kids, and, and opportunities are coming, kids are coming. So I mean, we all just got to keep grinding, man. Just got to keep grinding. No, it's definitely a grind, and yeah, like I look forward to see uh, to, to what happens with Joga and, and, and the possibility is there, and that's you get a chance, you know. In, in America, you don't have a chance, you know, and, and so it's 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 interesting to see how things are going to pan out. But like I said, the the message is this that you were talking. I was reading that uh, that thing on that thread on Twitter about just it's, it's too, too too much too soon, and I really I really resonated with that because. I was just thinking about it the other day. It's just I have literally pushed myself to a place of exhaustion, just working after this goal and dream it. You know, it's 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 also teaching kids to be kids. You know, and, and you think that in doing so much, you're going to you're going to achieve it, but it it literally mm. affects you. You know, and I don't know. Like for example, for me, with so many hours that I've trained, you know, it, it's like I think it would have been better for me. To have maybe played with the, with friends, you know, uh, for that many hours, you know, mm. or, or something like that, because it's just literally like it's something that I have to work on now too. Like I and it's, I've been on that journey, and I just started started it like about a month ago, where I just really realized like, yo, I, I work myself way too hard, and it's like I need to come from. And you think with working too hard, you're gonna achieve it? Obviously, hard work is a is a is a principle that needs to be really instilled, but too much can also damage you and also mess with your creativity and with your, you know, with your flow. Yeah. I think, I think, and I think what you mentioned too, every, every individual needs to look at themselves and not just copy someone, you know, everybody is different and everyone needs to look and see what works for them and have their own identity. And I think that's a big thing that we're going to try to do with this series and that we want to talk about. It's like, you know, if you're a player, what's your identity? If you're a parent, what's your child's identity? You know, are they somebody that likes to train, that get, that gets buzzing to train? Uh, do they like to play? Do they like to do other things? Because, like you said, their mental state is very, very important. And everyone is 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 different, you know, and everyone will have a different pathway. And accept that and don't compare your pathway. It's more like. Just accept just accept that you are who you are and 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 enjoy who you're being you know enjoy how you're kind of coming up and growing as a kid and into a young man and then and go from there. That's what I would say for sure no that's it's definitely the way that's definitely the way and, and you know now that you know we've we've gone through the process you've got you've seen. You know, from a coach's perspective as well, you've seen many generations that, you know, that have passed and you've seen, yeah. you know, some of your younger kids grow up as well. And you see the mistakes, you see the yeah. the ones that did it the right way and you see what's the right way to maneuver it. And it's, it's, I've, I've seen it's, it both. It's really hit and miss. I've seen it. And even myself, I'm like, oh, I would do this differently now. I wouldn't say so much about this now. But at the same time, it leads you to where you're trying to go. So it's like it's not a mistake. It's just a lesson. And um, right. yeah, one thing I would say to parents, because now I'm a parent and, and my son plays, uh, is chill out. Some of the best, <laughs> some of the best ones I've, 
some some players, some people I've I've talked to, I see that their sons are pro level. The best ones I see is when the when the parent is very chill. Uh, you can see the mental state of the kid and everything is just it's just chill and more like you said chill and just more relaxed because the pressure is going to be there anyway you know it's there because you're trying to make it you know but like that's going to be there so the pressure doesn't go away but you can definitely add on to the pressure trying to put 10,000 different things on the kid uh oh you didn't do this so you know you're not going to do this you know I think I think I do like, by the way, but I do like what your dad said about, hey, you have a dream. And I think sometimes you do need that kick up the backside. You know what I mean? For sure. Uh, as a kid. For sure. But there's, with anything, that all the stuff that we're talking about, there's a balance. And yep. there's going to be, like, lessons learned. But there's, like, a balance and understanding of when and how to do that. So, man, this, but this conversation has been, like, man, just really, really eye-opening, even for me, even though we know you're – I mean, for me, it's been eye-opening. I don't know, James, what you what you saying, man? Oh, yeah, most definitely. It's um, the kind of views that you brought up that we haven't really um, dip, um, dipped into. So it, it was a great conversation. I can see the kind of views you brought up. Definitely. Oh, definitely. definitely. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, no, but Christian, let people know where they can find you on social so that like they can follow your journey and also some might even hit you up, ask you for... Um, you know, just advice, you know, some players or parents or who want to speak to their players, actual advice. Um, thank you. No, I'm, I'm on Twitter at, at Christian Crod and on Instagram as well, at Christian Crod. And yeah, no, I'm always open to, you know, for questions and things like that because I, like I, I know what it's like to go through it and I see a lot of mistakes that I've gone through and I've seen a lot of mistakes that some people are making and, you know, it, it's just, it, it really is, it's very toxic for a parent to put too much pressure because, you know, only 1% of players make it and it's okay. It's, it's, are you going to, when the player is done playing soccer, are they going to say, I love this, this was the best, one of the best things that I ever got an opportunity to do? Or are they going to literally dread it and hate it because the pressures of making it can legitimately strip away the joy and the beautifulness that makes you grind you know and so that's something that you know i've had to to really learn that it's 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 a gift it's a blessing to be able to play football and to work within football and obviously the results are important but i think you know if you're respectful and you have discipline and hard work as a core value and you're always just doing that but you let that creativity flow i think and i think a prime example just a basketball example that i see is you know lonzo ball and his brother uh, lamello ball you know lonzo is the first child you see how much pressure his father heaped on him and his father learned. And with LaMelo, he's more of a natural talent and he just flows with such grace and he's, he's so much better, you know, and, and it's just, it's, it's crazy mm. the pressure that, the pressure can literally hurt the performance, you know, and, and, and mm. so now it's a journey that we all have to go through because obviously, you know, parents are getting smart. I've heard parents say, no, my daughter or my son has to be a professional, like, no, there's no way. Like, and they literally push their kids. I, I know someone that, you know, I'm not going to name names, but I know someone that trains their daughter obsessively and as they're like, they're vicariously living through them. And, mm. you know, the daughter will get tendonitis and will get, you know, um, will get all these, you know, muscle aches at 15, as a 15, 16 year old girl. I didn't have, 
tendonitis or any injuries till I was 22, 23, muscular injuries. Like, and you have these kids pulling muscles and all of these things. And it's like, wow, and overwork syndromes and all these things. And it's like, wow, like people are really pushing it. Mm. Mm. Man. It's crazy. <laughs> hey, hey, you, you, there's so many things to unpack here, really, because I think, and, and, and listen, for any of our listeners, all of this is for everybody, for anything that you do, you should always question and break down what you're trying to do and how you're trying to do it. We're not necessarily saying, oh, this is the right way, wrong way, whatever, but we're saying like, just learn, be open to learning. You know, like I said, that myself thinking about the 10, the 10 years ago when I went to, with Christian to Groningen, I would look at things a lot differently now if we were going in 2021, you know. And so I think uh, that's and, and that's what growth is, you know. So it's like as much as you can, you know, when your kid pushes you to do something, that's when you know, uh, not necessarily when you know, but that's when the kid starts to take even more ownership of what, they, or what they're doing and not just because of the pressure to make someone happy. You know, that's where we have to, uh, we have to be careful, I see, I think. So, no, man, this is, Christian, man, it's been, it's been a pleasure. Um, James, anything else from you? Uh, nah, I was going to say thank you, Christian, for coming on, man, for gracing us with your presence. This has been excellent. Definitely. Uh, thank you guys. No, I really appreciate it. And, and like I said, I'm always rooting for you guys at the Joga Project. And like I said, you guys are ahead of the game. Like people, I think, you know, 20, 30 years from now, people will look back at, you know, like y'all guys' presence in Holland from an American to Dutch perspective, you know, and see like, God, oh, I really feel like you guys are like the musketeers of this, you know, and, and I, <laughs> you know, y'all have been I've been going at it, you know, for, for, for a while in Holland, and, and it's, it's, it's something good has to come out of this great, you know, sacrifice that, you know, you guys have made, and there are the ties between you guys and, and Holland, and, and, and I know something has to, has to come out of this. Hey, man, step by step, that's all it takes, man. That's all it takes. But, hey, hey Christian, hey, thank you again. Hey, appreciate you, brother. God bless. James, as always, uh, man. And uh, to our listeners, thank you for listening to Wanna Be Ballers. Check y'all soon.